I get people where I work asking why I didn't go back to nursing school. <sighs> yeah, I frequently have people ask me why I didn't go on to be a nurse practitioner or why I didn't go on to be a doctor or whatever. And um, because I have several specialties and lots of experience and I'm considered an expert in multiple fields and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, because I don't want to double my debt when I haven't already paid for my first college you know, like, and then getting a master's in nursing is not going to greatly increase my income while it will double the amount of student debt I have. And I still have not paid off my student debt for my current nursing degree after having been a nurse for 20 years. I mean, it's mind boggling. That that's for me is the biggest reason that I have not gone back to school for anything. And what you have said is actually what I tell them, getting crapped on by both patients, doctors, and hospital bullshit, physical assault, et cetera, et cetera, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I don't think that people really understand like what the nursing profession looks like right now. And when I say nursing profession, I want it to be clear that I, I it's not really just nursing. It's all of healthcare. Um, but... I haven't worked as a doctor and I haven't worked as a um, x-ray technician and I haven't worked as a laboratory phlebotomist. So I can't speak directly from that viewpoint. But the reality is, is that all of healthcare, even if you are a food service worker, um, a maintenance worker, it doesn't matter what you do in healthcare, you are not well treated you are not well supported you do not get paid what you should get paid for the amount of crap that you have to deal with um in general it they are brutal jobs with brutal hours with requirements for working holidays working weekends you know, with shift work, all these things that are highly undesirable that you don't really get paid more for, not not really. Um, and then when you look at nurses and CNAs and, you know, being some of the most frequently assaulted, most frequently injured fields, it's absolutely mind-boggling to me. And when you look at CNAs where over half of them are below the poverty line. If they work one job and stay at 40 hours a week, they can't make ends meet and support their family. That's what are we doing? What are we doing? So the main problem is that I have to find a way to bridge the gap between the Adobe PC and the Mac as they use both. Oh, I'm sorry, Lily. I don't know whose bright idea that was, but that is a pain in the butt. You really should stick to like one system and all in. Well, at this point, Angel, I am not a bedside nurse anymore. I reached the point that I could no longer do the job um, for a lot of reasons because it was too physically demanding. They were not willing to accommodate um, my medical needs. They were not emotionally supportive of all of the things that were going on during COVID especially. Uh, so yeah, I reached burnout and had to walk away from bedside nursing which is probably one of the most difficult decisions that I've ever made. And it's still really hard to talk about. Pardon me. <laughs> um, 
But I do know that it is the best decision that I could have made for myself and for my patients. Because when you reach burnout, what people don't understand is that when you reach burnout, like you legitimately have lost all capacity for empathy. You have nothing left to give. And what that means when you're a nurse is that when you have nothing left to give, this is a fundamental crisis in your ability to do your job well. Because everything that you were supposed to be doing is about giving to other people. You're supposed to be giving emotionally. You're supposed to be giving your time. Everything that you do as a nurse is about giving of yourself. And when you reach a point that so much has been taken of you, that you literally have nothing left because the system is not giving you the time to refill your cup and to restore yourself that is necessary in that giving process, people really don't understand the brutality of, of what nursing burnout means because it really does mean that if you continue to work in that state, you're going to do it where you are not feeling compassion and empathy for your patients, where your tasks are just tasks and they're not about taking care of people anymore. And in my opinion, it is probably the most horrible state that any person could be providing nursing care, which is why I chose to leave. However, I am in a position that I have the support and the ability to walk away. Many, many, many nurses do not have that social and financial support and option to be able to walk away from the field. And they have to choose between being that nurse and not being able to put food on their family's table. So they have to choose between not taking care of good care of their patients or not taking good care of their family. And I don't think anybody should be put in that position where they have to make that choice. And that's where a lot of nurses are right now. So they're choosing to stay working so that they can take good care of their families and it's at a price that no one in the United States should be accepting. We shouldn't be accepting that this is the work environment that people are being asked to work in where they have to make that choice. And it's just insanity to me. So, whew, sorry. <laughs> As you can see, this topic is still very raw for me. Uh, I'm still really working through all the trauma that I have endured through nursing, especially through the last years of COVID. Um, so while talking about it is good and is part of the process, it is definitely still raw and whew, definitely uh, something that I can't talk about without a degree of emotionality to it. So <sighs> uh, I'm sorry for that burnout. I hit the stress wall and it broke my body down. I'm glad that you were able to see and make that decision to take yourself out of the situation. Yeah, Angel. Uh, I am glad that I was also in a position that I was able to recognize what it was. And I'm also glad that I was in a position that I was able to um, walk away when I needed to. Um, but yeah, whew. Yeah, I think that that's about sums it up there, Bounty Hunter. It, it kind of sucks how it goes over here. Um, we absolutely need a social safety net, and we don't have one right now. Um, 
Oh, believe me, Bounty Hunter, that I 100% agree that it is okay to cry. Uh, and I have been doing a lot of it lately over the last, like, month since I have been um, taking time, you know, away from nursing. Because, uh, whew, it, it's insane to me that the healthcare system does not think that nurses need psychosocial support and healthcare staff in general need psychosocial support all the time, but especially during times of pandemics and other medical crises. The things that we have seen that we will never be able to unsee. The number of nurses that are going to have post-traumatic stress and the number of nurses that do have post-traumatic stress right now, statistically speaking, is higher than the number of people who have post-traumatic stress after having gone to war. And I think that that is an insane statistic. We should not have a higher post-traumatic stress rate than people who have fought in war. I think that statistic more than anything should be raising alarm bells to society and to this profession. And it is insane to me that the system doesn't feel like any of that warrants more psychosocial support and why they can't understand why they are not able to retain nurses. And right now, the statistics are showing that about one-third of nurses who are actively working are planning on and trying to figure out how to leave the profession in the next year. With the number of nurses that we currently have, by 2030, we will be at a deficit of nurses where we will only have about 25% of the nurses that we need to meet the national need. That is fucking insane to me. So we are looking at losing nurses at a time when the number is going, the need is going up astronomically. I, I've, I it's not sustainable. And it's absolutely unsustainable. And they look at us and they say, well, why aren't you staying? Because we can't, you can't stay in a trauma situation and heal your trauma. That is the first fundamental principle of trauma care. You cannot stay in the situation that is causing you trauma and then be able to work through and heal your trauma state. You, you can't do it. That's like asking someone who is being physically abused to heal from their physical abuse while they're still getting punched every day. Because that's what's happening. Statistically speaking, the majority of nurses will surveyed it's about 90% of work shifts involve some sort of emotional, physical, or sexual abuse. That is insane. That is insane. And then they wonder why we we have post-traumatic stress syndrome. You know, we're we're facing abuse almost every shift we work. And then on top of that, we are seeing people in near death, dying and traumatic situations without support. And those are the circumstances in which post-traumatic stress is born.
I, I mean, it's mind-boggling to me that, that, that it's not understood. On Friday, we had a meeting with our school resource officer because we were discovering career paths and the tests we took said, one of my best masters were in law enforcement. He talked about what burnout was and I'll be honest, hearing him put it in the perspective really widened my compassion for everyone in healthcare, law enforcement, and just all of the people who take their time to help others. Yeah, Lily, I don't think that a lot of people really understand what burnout is. They think of it as, oh, it's tired. But that's not what it is. I, I mean, burnout comes with some some really specific definitions. And it is not just you're tired of doing your job. I mean, it's 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 so much more than all of that. And I will never do it justice if I just try to do it off the top of my head. Um, so burnout consists of three symptoms emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a sense of low personal accomplishment. So emotional exhaustion is the symptom that most people think of when they think of burnout. And this is the state of being physically and emotionally exhausted by work stress, which is characterized by low energy, fatigue, depression, hopelessness, and helplessness. Depersonalization is the second symptom, and this is the symptom that is most concerning in context of nursing. The interpersonal aspect of burnout that manifests in unfeeling, negative behaviors towards others, and detachment from caring, and the ability to interact with others in a normal and healthy way. Uncaring, unfeeling, negative towards other people, you're lashing out. Like, why would this be a good thing for nurses to be experiencing? And then the last symptom is low personal accomplishment, the state of negatively evaluating oneself as being incompetent, unsuccessful, inadequate. Consequently, employees exhibit low levels of contribution to their work, and they do not feel that their work has value, and therefore feel that investing themselves is not worth the effort. So they feel that their work is not valued, feel that their work does not contribute, and therefore put in less effort. Those are the three pieces of burnout and it's fundamentally crushing the healthcare system. Our system is broken. We have three nurses in my factory with jobs at my level or lower getting paid more than when they worked in the nursing field with a quarter of the stress. Oh yeah, Angel. Nurses in hospitals providing direct care get less wages than nurses who are working corporate, who are working supervisory positions, who are working paper positions, etc. It's It's insanity to me. And yeah, Bounty Hunter, when we have so many patients dying um, so rapidly in times of pandemic and in such horrific ways, um, it comes at a cost. Because I don't think that people understand what it means when someone dies from COVID, but their lungs fill up with fluid and you watch them slowly drown on their body fluids. It is not a comfortable way to die. And there are no drugs. And there are no treatments on this planet that can erase that feeling of slowly suffocating. <laughs> and it's a really, really, really terrible thing to watch once in your life, let alone over and over and over again. The, the cost of the pandemic has been very high. And for myself, I look at it and I am flabbergasted because I was never at an epicenter. 
I was never like at a place like New York or Chicago that got hit with crushing numbers of COVID. I can't imagine being at the epicenter of New York in the beginning of March when they had to make triage decisions about who got an event. I, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine being that nurse to decide which of my two patients got to live and which didn't because I had to decide who I hooked up to event and who I didn't. And how do you live with that choice for the rest of your life? Even if you make it on good clinical sound triage decisions, that decision will haunt you forever. Because you will always say, what if I chose wrong? Especially if the person you vented dies. You will always say, what if the other person would have lived? I'll try to be not too snotty on camera. <laughs> Whoa, 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 you mean to tell me I have to take my hand off the hot stove to allow my body to heal the bird? Yeah, boob snooner, you, you, your, your, <laughs> your, your hand doesn't heal if you keep leaving it on the stove. <laughs> yeah, so I think that part of the challenge when we talk about burnout is that people don't understand really what burnout is. They think about just that first symptom this emotional exhaustion, the tiredness, the fatigue. And there's a lot of ableism and there's a lot of um, toxic productivity in this country. Just the pull yourself up by your bootstrap bullshit. So when you talk about emotional exhaustion and the fatigue and the just, I can't do this anymore. It's, you just gotta work through it. Just push through. Well, that's really, really, really dangerous on so many levels when you're talking about taking care of people. I mean, just the the fatigue and the energy levels being low, I don't think that people understand how dangerous that is. Like when your brain is tired and you're supposed to be deciding, like I'm doing a medication math to decide how much medication I'm injecting into this bag of fluid that's gonna go into someone's IV. And I have to do this algebraic equation to determine how much drug to give you and the math being off is the difference between whether or not you overdose and whether or not you live or die you don't want my brain to be tired when i am doing that math <laughs> i just so I, even the exhaustion piece is not taken seriously enough and is downplayed way more than it should be um, because it really is a fundamental problem, especially in this country. Like Americans do not value rest and recuperation and social support and community the way that they that we should be. We just feel like you should push through everything and that you can like, I don't know, grow fucking wings if you hope hard enough. It's like, no, guys, you, you can't just have more energy because your boss wants you to do more work. That's not how this shit works. There are absolutely limitations programmed into your body and they exist for good reasons. And we should be respecting those limitations. The officer told us that he thought about quitting multiple times, but it just brought him right back again. Yeah, Lily. The thing about burnout and helping professions is that the people who choose helping professions, whether you are a firefighter, an EMT, a police officer, a nurse, 
um, any of those helping professions. You have this fundamental part of your person that values things like taking care of people, community, social support, and you also value being the person who is doing good work and feeling like you are contributing to society in a meaningful way. And, and you value yourself based on whether or not you are doing things that qualify you as a good person, which is, are you contributing to a good society? So your self-worth is often connected to your good deeds and your good deeds is often connected to your profession. So it's this very complicated personality type of self-carers and, and care providers who get into these professions. And because of that, it is very difficult for these people to walk away from their profession when they should. It really, really was the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life to to walk away from bedside nursing. Um, the single most difficult decision I have ever made. Um, deciding to have surgeries uh, was easier than deciding to leave nursing. And in all honesty, I should have left sooner. I pushed it to the point that I was in crisis and I knew that I was approaching crisis I knew that I was getting, I knew that things were getting bad. I knew things were getting rough. I knew that I was having a hard time, but it was so hard to leave because I so, it's so important to me. And I, I love nursing so much as hard as it is. It, it's so much a fundamental part of who I am that walking away is, is insanely difficult. Um, especially knowing that I will probably never go back. Um, it is highly improbable that I personally will ever go back to bedside nursing. And I knew that if I left, that the likelihood that I would be able to go back, that it was gonna be a forever kind of decision, made it that much harder for, yeah. But many times, nurses will burn out. They'll take two or three months off, which is not statistically enough time to heal from post-traumatic stress syndrome and trauma, even if it's acute trauma and not, you know, PTSD. Acute trauma is, it's taken six, six on average takes six months to heal. Post-traumatic stress, if you can reach a, a point of resolution and, and healing is usually two to three years of care, which means that you can't be working that whole time. You can't take a two to three month break off and come back into it, otherwise, Following the, 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 the metaphor, you're just putting your hands back on the stove while that burn on your hand hasn't healed yet. So that's what this profession does. And it's not just this profession. It There's many of them. Um, but again, this is the one that I can speak to. But I feel like in America, the workforce dynamic is toxic. And it is at its peak toxicity in the nursing profession. And I think that the reason that it is so bad is because you have a corporate for-profit system that is all about exploiting humans. And you have a group of professional workers who are all about being accommodating, helpful, self-sacrificing people. This combination means what? 
You have all these self-sacrificing people who just keep give, 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 and these people who are quite willing to sacrifice you for what is profitable, and they're just going to keep calling the nose nurses, and they don't care. They just don't care. So they're just going to keep scooping you up and milling you, milling through you, but it's not sustainable. And what people don't understand about for-profit systems is that they don't care that it's not sustainable. If you make $4 billion over every year for six years, does it matter to you if that hospital then goes bankrupt and you never get to open another hospital again? You are set for life. What do you care if that hospital folds. Like, that's what people don't understand in the for-profit system. The corporate leadership is not interested in maintaining a healthy, dynamic, stable hospital. They, they There's no investment in that. They don't care that it's not sustainable. Because as long as they're cranking out those high numbers of profitability, once you make billions of dollars of money, that money will make its own money. You don't need that hospital anymore in order to continue to make money off of the billions of dollars that you made off that hospital that has now imploded and no longer exists because it wasn't sustainable. Like, it doesn't matter to the corporate leadership that it's not sustainable. It was profitable and it made them that financial foundation that makes it make money all by itself. They, they don't need the hospital to be existing for hundreds of years the way that society needs that hospital to exist for hundreds of years.